0: 9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's Biggest
1: Columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, what You ain't writing nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't writing anyway, nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no
0: interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I
1: don't get no interviews. I know.
0: 92.9 FM, ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me just apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. makeup. Cause I make you ugly I soon have a drop spare on a runway Bubbles popping off before you know it There's rubble in the office, we'll be pushing it up Somebody say, <laughs> you better run Yeah I predict the love, way, I'm in here Yeah I predict the love, way, I'm in here
2: ladies and
1: gentlemen
2: oh, okay. yeah. I, Jeffrey, do you watch the ads do you watch the Super Bowl ads do you go to the bathroom during the ads Do you fill up your drink do you recharge the chicken wings what do you do during
3: the ads I, I mainly watch the ads um not as I'm not as worried as I used to be about missing an ad because I feel you like catch
2: it later but do well, you I just you ever feel ca- like we've
3: seen 90 percent of them do you ever I haven't seen I haven't seen many of them at all. I, I I can't stand this trend of showing the ad early. I think if you're gonna show it early,
2: if you wanna show it early on the internet, like such that it pops up, you can go find it, whatever, it's viral. But it is true to actually have it on TV early, that kinda
3: I, I don't know, even like this fun. showing it on the internet.
2: Um but uh I, I, what I find is is that as the Super, maybe it's a little, as the Super Bowl begins, I want to watch every ad. I'm like, oh, the ads, right? Oh, here we go. Yes, there's and no question. It wins. by the time yeah. you get deep into the third quarter or something, you're like, I've seen ad. How many ads can I take? They the ads are they are little pieces of entertainment, though. They're little movies. They're little pieces of art. Sure. Like they are fun, and uh, it is part. I don't know of if f- I'd use art. But entertainment—it is part of the fun of Super Bowl weekend. There's no question about that. Uh, and uh, here we are; we have arrived the Friday before the Super Bowl. And uh, as has become tradition on the Jeff Cawkins show, uh, we'll have my brother Tim Cawkins, who is uh, the world's su- most foremost Super Bowl advertising expert. Today, is a piece up at CNN. CNN.com, written bylined, by the way, bylined by Tim Calkins um, on the, the, words, the biggest Super Bowl. Let's see what it's called. It's called uh, pin, The Biggest Super Bowl Ad Winners and Losers Over the Past 20 Years by Tim Calkins. He's a marketing professor at Northwestern uh, Kellogg School of Management. So he will join us to talk about Super Bowl ads in the next hour, we do have a lot to get to, to take it in reverse order. Of course, Chris Harrington will join us straight up 10 o'clock. Uh, we will have Jason Smith at 9.30. So we got a very busy show in terms of guests. We also have a busy show in terms of all the things we have to get to. And I don't know, Jeffrey, how much Super Bowl we're going to actually get to because we have, and we'll talk about Super Bowl ads. Have you placed your wager?
3: Uh Not officially. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am i i do not know. I'm in my head. <laughs> the Chiefs are the biggest public underdog in Super Bowl history. I have realized that, what does that mean? There's more, as a, as a, there's never been an underdog that's had this much public money on it. I see. Um, I've decided, you know, it's, it's sort of
2: when I don't really care, I don't really care. Because I can make an argument either way. Like I, it's it's good for me if the Chiefs keep winning. If if, when I don't really care, it's sort of. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to Sunday uh, and the Super Bowl. uh, But there's a lot to get to between now and then. I did want to start by paying a tribute to Pat Halloran, who died yesterday at the age of eighty. Pat Halloran um, created the Orpheum. Essentially, the the Orpheum was once upon a time a, um, you know, it was a movie theater. Mm-hmm. It was a, uh, it was a movie theater um, that was run by Malco and whatever else. And then it was falling into disrepair and, and, uh, and back in the late seventies, early eighties, a group decided um, as part of the effort to spruce up downtown and to bring folks downtown um to remake the orpheum and it reopened in 1984 and pat halloran um was the person who was in charge of making that happen right now les mis is in town i think this is the 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 succession of broadway shows that have come to memphis that have brought all those people downtown for all those years um it it, it i I obviously moved here after the Orpheum was already what the Orpheum has become. Um, I can't imagine Memphis without the Orpheum. I'd agree. And, um, and it was the creation of Pat Halloran. And one of the things that strikes me about Pat, well, first of all, by the way, Pat Halloran had a table at the Majestic, basically. He had a table. Like, I had lunch with him once. And where did he go? He went to the Majestic. I'm telling you, listen, people who know downtown— Uh, They know where to eat, and they know to eat at the Majestic, right there at 145 South Main. So when Pat Halloran, when I had lunch with Pat Halloran, he's like, let's go to the Majestic. Why not? Something for everybody. I've told you all about it. It's why, when I talk about the Majestic, um, I mean it. Like, Pat Halloran, who was Mr. Down... He was eating down hot a whole lot, Jeffrey, because Mm -hmm. he was there at the Orpheum, and where did he have uh, a table? He had a table um, at the Majestic. You could do 145 South Main. Anyway... Um, what really partly strikes me about Pat Halloran is he grew up in Nebraska. He grew up in Nebraska. He went to school at Miami. He wound up at Memphis because of a fraternity. He was working for a fraternity. And he comes into Memphis. And within five years, he's Running for political office. He's got, he's rolling up his sleeves. He's doing things. He's Memphis. He's making an impact in Memphis and ultimately settled on his work with the Orpheum when he has touched hundreds of thousands of people because of his work in Memphis. And um, most recently, he had a, since he retired from the Orpheum, he had a series, a speaker series called Positively Memphis. And, um, it's it perfectly fit Pat Halloran. Not just because he thought it was important to be positive about Memphis. Although, let's be honest, we could use a little of that these days. Um, being positive when it's unrealistic and poppycock and Pollyanna, is, it's not helpful. You know, be, being positive is—being uh, realistic uh, is helpful. Uh, being negative also not helpful. Um, uh, uh, but what is, what is helpful is doing positive. Um, and Pat Halloran, um, became a citizen of Memphis, rolled up his sleeves, went to work, and changed the city, uh, for the better. He died yesterday at the age of 80. Um, I ended up going to the Grizz game last night, although I had the Tigers game, uh, on my phone. Yep. We've all been there. Uh, it, rare for me. Like, uh, r- rare. R- I wish I could say the same. Rare for me to be at one place and watching a, another place. But we're going to talk a lot about the Grizzlies. We'll talk a lot about the Tigers with Jason Smith. But just let's talk about the Tigers right off the top. They right. win yesterday at Temple. As Penny Hardaway uh, said afterwards, he said uh, "He said winning is better than losing, essentially. That is what he said. And I—that I, that is a sentiment. Listen, we can analyze all the Penny Hardaway press conferences we want. But the sentiment that winning is better than losing, um, I agree with 100%. The actual quote, getting wins now is better than getting losses.
3: You agree? Yes. Last night, as as fun as it could have been, the most important thing was they did not lose that basketball game. Right. It
2: was a weird basketball game, Yes, it though. was. And it's funny because John Martin wrote a comment about it at the Daily Memphis and He called me after the game, and we were chatting about what he might write about. Like... What is the main thing to take out of that basketball game? Like, what is the – okay, they got the win. Yep. But then you can focus on whatever you want to focus on. There's, there's, You can focus on, on the, the fact that that, that, they, uh, that they got out to a big lead, that they, Penny started the guys who he said he was going to – basically he, went, he started the guys who won the game at Wichita, against Wichita State. He started those guys. Um, David Jones was great. Quinterly was great. They had had a a bunch of assists for the first time, really, since that—17 assists. First time since that um, Wichita State romp, um, since the romp at Wichita State. Um, And, you know, right down the line, the big guns were terrific. Quinterly, 19 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. David Jones, 23 points. Um, You can look at Jonathan Pierre, the contribution he made. You can look they have 5 players in double figures. Um, And in the end, they won by 7. Or— you can look at the fact that Penny had played ten guys, because uh, that's what Penny does. Um, and um some some of the same sort of erratic substitutions and the fact that they led by twenty three, and it was a freaking nail biter at the end. Like if you wanted a game, we all did where there was literally no anxiety. yeah, this was not that game. This was not that game. felt really good in the first half. Temple went on a eight0 run at the start of the second half, and then a fifteen oh run um after that to make it close so what does one when you sit down and analyze
3: this what is the takeaway i really felt like the biggest difference between the first half and the second half obviously there's probably a little motivation but uh, I think it is that's, weird that's you would just
2: a- think at some point uh <laughs> at some point you would think consistent effort through the entire like
3: we just haven't seen that. From I mean, we team know that we know time. the Temple
2: coach supposedly went and showed the box score of the South Florida game at halftime to his team to say, "Hey, we got them right where they want them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were up by twenty against South Florida, and South Florida won. You can still win. That that's part of the literally the book on this team now."
3: Yeah, but I really felt like in the second half, like, yeah, the, there may have been a little motivation. It's too many guys, but I mean, those are things we see all the time. The real big difference was they were 1 for 15 in the first half from 3 and they were 6 of 12 in the second half. They meaning temple. Temple, yes. Yeah. And, but was that was that because
2: of the I mean the Tigers just, not great at they just happened to make as make as the shots that they were
3: missing or was that defensive uh lapses in the second half? Um I mean the Tigers are not great at defending the 3. That's that's pretty well documented, but if you look at it in these terms they shoot overall like 30% from three. They wound up shooting 26%. So they kind of, they ended up getting back to their average. You know what I'm saying? Like one for 15 was probably anomaly. Six of 12 was probably a hot, but like you M- added M- up. M- this
2: held them to, sh- to, to 41% shooting, 41.7% shooting overall, 25.9% from three. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Here, I think in the end, here are my takeaways. First of all, they won. That's the important thing. They won, they averted we, 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 we live uh, to enjoy another game, and uh, the next one's against Tulane, and that's the main thing. They won. Woohoo, celebrate. Mm-hmm. okay? Um, my second point is is that they didn't look like a team. If we're saying that throughout the rest of the regular season, they had to go starting yet last night, eight and one,
3: Yeah, didn't look like a team that would do that. No, through the course of forty minutes, no. But I did think, honestly, in that <clears> first <throat> half, I was like, okay. Right. But but taken as a
0: whole,
2: yeah. that Th- you play 40 what that we minutes. saw yeah. last night was not like, oh, they're going to run through there, and they're going to they're going to split with FAU FAU losing to UAB last night, by the way. They're going to split with they're going to split with FAU and they're going to beat everybody else. That they did not look like a juggernaut that was just going to run through the rest of their schedule. Yeah, they look the, like they have the same. I would say
3: they, the biggest problem is they looked like
2: exactly like they've looked in conference they, yeah, play. They look like they're looking conference play. The other thing I would say, though, is this. It feels like the entire city has settled on this narrative around Penny. If he would just play the people he, we say we think he should play, everything would be fine, right? Yeah. That, that's, and I do believe there is real truth to the fact that Penny's erratic substitutions, not just this year, but honestly since he's been here, mm? have been a problem and get in the way of success. I do believe that. But I also think that sometimes when we all settle on this narrative, he would just play the seven players we've identified he should play, everything would be fine. It's not always that simple. And I offer you the example of Jonathan Pierre from last night. When, 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 when he got uh, against Rice, got the start, there was ridicule, ridicule, Jonathan Pierre, Division II player, he's the the guy who they're like, Jonathan Pierre, get him out of here. I never want to see Jonathan Pierre on the court unless they're up by 20. Hmm? And Jonathan Pierre is making a, last night certainly, made an argument for why he should be one of the seven or eight players who played. Did he or did he just hit shots? I thought he was reasonably effective defensively as well. And he hit
3: shots. Yeah, I just think the shot we've seen the shot making is going to be inconsistent. And to, like last night was a good night. I think it's I think it's really complicated. Like last night, the the the
2: if you want to if you want to say well, uh, who shouldn't play, right? The Hardaways. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to ever see them on the court. And it is true. The two Hardaways in eighteen minutes combined. The two Hardaways scoreless, zero of five. This is combined. One rebound, one assist, one steal, and two fouls. Mm-hmm. That is what the Hardaways gave you. Um, I just don't, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's very clear to me that the defined roles are good and better, whatever else. I don't actually know who the seven or eight are. Like, are they, is it Jaden Hardaway or Jonathan Pierre? Or is it Jalen Young? Like, who is it? Who is it? You tell me. We got to play someone else. They got us. We, we yeah. know Malco. Yeah. We got
3: the starting five and Malco. Yeah. right. That's six. Yeah. Who else do you want him to play? We I, let, let's let's give say we got to get to eight. I'd make the argument Jalen Young because even though Jalen Young on offense is either frustrating at best, like mind-numbing at, at worst, he does give you something on the defensive end. Like I, he kind of he make he creates havoc defensively. We will uh, we'll talk to Jason uh, in the next segment. And I mean, I think you, the, the he main thing is you just like this. you're taking away minutes that the other guys could be on the floor. That's really what it what it boils down to for me. I mean, you got to play eight players, seven, eight players. You got to play someone,
2: right? But I, I I don't think you have to play ten players. I agree. I we, we all agree with that. I mean, I do agree with that. They played ten last night. Uh, and um, I mean, and, Clemson would say you don't have to play more than six. So uh, there you go. All right, Jason. Jason Smith. We'll talk about it more with Jason. Uh, when we come. We got to get to the Grizzlies. Um, the Grizzlies are doing God's work. Perfect loss again. Really, I mean, we we've had perfect losses this. Not week. only was it a uh, not only was it a perfect loss in terms of just like they fought, they fought, they fought, and then they f- and then they fell apart at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be honest, we are all in. I am. I have. turn the corner. Uh, If I was ever hesitant, I am all in on the draft pick Um, at this point. I want them to have the fifth best. Fifth best? I think that we say they can achieve. They're only two and a half back now. I want them to have the fifth two and a half back of Portland. Two Mm -hmm. and a half wins back of Portland. Two and a half games total. Two and a half games back of of Portland total. Are they firmly in sixth? They have a half game lead over Toronto. What's interesting about that, that Toronto pick, is owed to San Antonio, but is top six protected. Right. So Toronto has real incentive.
3: But Toronto also made itself better at the trade deadline yes. And more importantly, Jeff, like, they're now officially Canada's team. Like, they're going all they are, in on are, Canadians. Canadian, and, pride. You know, Canadian You know, you got to think that in an, an Olympic year, that's going to really gonna motivate matter. them. So,
2: um, so there you go. But not only was it, was it fun from a competitive standpoint, it was fun because the players that are still playing that you want to be good were terrific, mm-hmm. absolutely terrific. Jaron, I ended up fouling out, but Jaron was really good with twenty eight. Gigi Jackson, we'll talk about him more in a minute. Uh, career high twenty seven points. I mean, he just looked like he belonged. Like he was a fo- he was really good last night. Um, Vince Williams really good again last night. Vince Williams is dealing now. Um, he was he was two assists shy of a triple-double, yeah. uh, 13, 11, and 8. You just got to feel really good about those two players. And so that happened as well. Uh, Gigi Jackson, scoring 27 points last night, became the youngest player to score 25 or more off the bench uh, in NBA history uh, at 19 years and 53 days. The previous uh, youngest was... Kobe Bryant. Hmm. Uh, seems good. Good company. Seems good. And the Grizzlies were so... He got a statue yesterday. The Grizzlies, yeah, he got a statue yesterday. The Gigi one. Mm-hmm. and they might start be starting to yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard they've contacted artists. They've, they've, they've reached out mm-hmm. to artists to open competition um, to see, uh, to, uh, to have them uh, come up with their renderings for Gigi Jackson. Gigi was then rewarded um, for his efforts by getting a contract. The Grizzlies signed Gigi Jackson to a four-year deal. He is no longer on the two-way. Uh, this was all made possible, honestly, not by his big night last night, although that is further affirmation of what he is he has is becoming. I see people now on Twitter routinely saying Gigi Jackson would have been a top-five pick. I, I, I don't know if this is true, but... You hear social media saying G.G. G. Jackson would have been a top five pick in the coming draft had he stayed. It's impossible to know. Right. It's impossible to know what his next year at at, at South Carolina would have been or had he not reclassified. Right. If he, if he would have just place. not
3: gone to South Carolina, stayed in the same class and gone to North Carolina, perhaps. That is a path that we – it is unknowable.
2: Yeah. It is, it is conceivable. Yes. He has the physical gifts such that you could imagine. He has the profile of someone that, yes, would be he, a top-five pick. That, that, that could be a, certainly a lottery pick in this year. Not if he had anything close to the year that he actually had at South Carolina, however. Right? right? So um, it's a little hyperbole to say that. But he's been – he's showed terrific promise um, since he's been in Memphis. And uh, on a on a day that – yesterday that I think confirmed um, – how the Grizzlies uh, whiffed on some recent first-round picks. Um, it, uh, if you got Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. out of the draft, that is some damn good work and makes up for a lot of Jake LaRavias um, along the way. Um, and so congratulations to Gigi Jackson. That'll be fun to continue to watch. Um, the other thing that happened, of course, is David Roddy um, was dealt – um, what time did that break? I think it was right around twelve thirty. So it was it was in the midst of the other. It was in the midst of the second midday show.
3: Yes, before the third midday yes. show. Correct. Um, the mid of the midday. The mid.
2: It's the the sweets. The middest mm-hmm. The midest of the yes. mid midday shows on uh, here your station for midday shows. Um, and so it's uh, it's done. Grizzlies uh, traded Steven Adams for. Three seconds and Victor Oladipo, who has been waived. They traded uh, uh, Tillman for two seconds um, and Lamar Stevens, um, and then they traded David Roddy for a first-round pick swap in 2026, and uh, and Chimezi Metu, who has since been waived. We will never. He will never be a Gris. Um, and Yuta Nabi, who is, will be a Grizz, mm-hmm. at least. Again. He's got a—yeah, a he, yeah he re grizz um, who will be—he uh, has a player option for next year. That pick swap, if this is the kind of detail that interests you, it could matter. It could matter. It's in 2026, okay? So in order for it to matter—this is the right to swap picks—in order for it to be matter— the, for the Grizzlies would have to be picking behind the Wizards, the Suns, and the Magic. Okay, in 2026, the Grizzlies would have to have a better record, and if they did that, they would move up a notch. So let's just let's imagine a world where the Magic are picking. Yeah, I mean the, the the Wizards are 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 picking uh, ninth. Okay. okay? And the, uh, the Suns, if they've gotten old, right, and they had a bad year, and they're picking 14th, and the Magic are picking, they've, gotten, they've continued to get better. They've, they're picking 22nd. Okay. The Grizzlies have made a real run, and they're picking 29th. Okay? How about that? 27th. They're picking 27th. How about 30th? <laughs> the Grizzlies could then move up and take the Magic's pick. Okay. That's the swap. You can move up one notch with this swap. Probably won't matter, right? Odds are won't matter. But I mean, what the especially when we're talking in the second round. I mean, I guess you can no, make this the argument. It's a first round pick swap. Yeah, okay. It's a first round pick swap, um, and um, and so you can move up in the first round. Likely will not. Um, David Roddy uh, dealt, and uh, there was some confusion when this happened. I saw some hollering on social media. Why would they ch- like of all the wings of Conshar? Zaire, Laravia, Roddy. Roddy was the one who was useful. Like, why would they, why would they choose to trade him? And this seems obvious. Like, Because they you, could. Because they could, right. Because David Roddy is due to make $2.8 million next year and is a credible NBA player who can play off the bench in a role whatever. Um, Zaire Williams, by contrast is due to make $6.1 million next year and has proven to be a wildly erratic player who is only at his best when he plays with John Morant and other teams don't have John Morant. Right. So there was very clearly no market for the other players. Correct. It wasn't that the Grizzlies, like we don't know this, but it, it wasn't that the Grizzlies chose to, cha- cha- David, to to deal David Roddy above the others it's that that's the one who actually retained some shred of value or you actually
3: could give away. The other ones you literally could not give away. Yeah, without taking back something bad, and the Grizzlies were not willing to do that, which I think is completely reasonable. Completely reasonable.
2: And so they hang on to those players, um, and then uh, with the roster uh, moves that they make, what they've made, waving Metu um, and waving uh, Oladipo, uh, they clear a spot, and they... uh, and they are able to sign G.G. Jackson to an actual contract, uh, to a regular contract. So good for them for doing that. I do think in terms of things that I am may, – maybe you aren't. In terms of things that I'm mildly interested in going forward, this is maybe a bridge too far for you. Okay. Jake LaRavia. Like Jake LaRavia is going to come back from injury – and, and Chris made this point in a piece he wrote. David Roddy has been better than those players. He's also gotten more, much more opportunity. He's played many, many, many more minutes. Well, he stayed healthier. He's stayed healthier. He's been better. Yep. Like, for all kinds of reasons, he's played more minutes. He didn't have to be, he didn't have to be you know, uh, exiled to the G League, um, whereas LaRavia did. But, like, let's
3: see him. I don't have great. I'm not telling you I have faith in it. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, your point is, like, I I'm fine with that from the perspective of I've been here for a couple of months now. I'm viewing this now as however you want to phrase it, extended spring training, right? Uh, uh, you know, hundred percent long training camp. Uh, however you want to define it, I'm fine with that. The problem is, like, let's say Laravia comes out and plays really well, I still don't. I'm still not convinced that if we get into, like, games that matter if next year. If anything else, what it means is what you would
2: like him, you would like him to be someone you could give away.
3: Correct. If he plays well, it, it, like y- yes, you, you maybe would it like, makes it easier to We, we co- have yes.
2: confirmed that he has no value, zero value. Mm-hmm. Zaire, zero value. You would like these guys to actually do something to bolster, to bolster their
3: value going forward. Uh, as I, I said yesterday on the afternoon show, it appears the rest of the league's been watching the same tape we have. Yeah, exactly. How do you feel about, I said um, yesterday, or two
2: days ago, because I really do. I am I'm I am exuberantly excited about Vince Williams Jr. and about Gigi Jackson and about the fact that the Grizzlies have, in John ja Morant and Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson, um, three tent poles, and then uh, in Marcus Smart, another very clearly valuable player, Luke Kennard, very clearly another useful good useful nba player and then vince williams added to the mix and and then you got a lottery pick coming up that you and i know is going to be at least you know five or six Mm -hmm. it's going to be the top five or six of the the draft and could be higher than that ran
3: the simulation yesterday i got us two if they are
2: if they can get to five what are their chances of if they can get to five from the bottom and again they're only two and a half up on portland at this point they're six from the bottom right now um if they can get to fifth five from the bottom, what
3: are the odds that they can move up in draft number one? 10.5%. That's not nothing. How about two? 10.5%. And three? 10.6%. And four? 10.5%.
2: So they got a, if they can be at 5, they got a 40% chance of jumping up into the into the top 4. Mm-hmm. That 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 is not nothing. So they got the lottery pick to add or to use as a chip and obviously they have to go get a center. There's no question. They have to go get a center. So I am feeling very bullish about this team heading into next year. And so I said to Gabe, you tell me, yes or no. Next year, just obviously there's a lot to be decided. Will they finish in the top 6 in the West next year? Yes. You just how about will they finish in the top four in the West next year? Yes or no? Yes. You just had to bet right now.
3: Yes, I, th- I think I'd bet yes. I
2: think I would have said yes too. And yet, if you stop and think about it, the West is freaking loaded.
3: Yeah, but a lot so of the teams, got, okay, a lot of the see. teams that you would probably slot ahead of the Grizzlies, they're aging. Nah, okay, let's see. And they're not going to play as much. Denver, Denver, you would slot ahead of the Grizzlies. Yep, the Thunder, you would slot ahead of the
2: Grizzlies. Maybe. The Clippers, maybe you can say they're older, mm-hmm. but they've been tremendous. Like, you can say, ah, oh, well, Kawhiya got hurt, but whatever. Like, that's belying what we're seeing with our own age. they have mm-hmm. tremendous. The Timberwolves,
3: damn good. Yeah, but the Timberwolves. Dallas, have, Dallas. The, Timber, the Timberwolves have questions about A, Mike, and then B, uh, Gobert, Towns, like the, the there Timberwolves are, have there questions. Are,
2: there are questions for the Timberwolves, granted. I think that the, the, the Mike thing, Mike is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. They need Mike. Like that's a, and then the, the money is, is a looming problem yep. for them. Dallas, Dallas is all in. Like what Dallas did yesterday, they dealt away basically two firsts for, um, for Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington. You know why? Because they need Luka to believe he can win here. They have they have they've they've emptied the cupboard of their future because they need to win now. They need to be good now, and so they continue to go all in. And that's not that's not. I'm I'm not saying the Grizzlies can't finish ahead of them, but like they got better yesterday. Um and uh and who am I missing out? I'm leaving out the Pelicans. I'm leaving. It, it is absolutely freaking loaded in the West.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just the way that I look at it is,
2: I I'm – You would say top four.
3: And by the way, the Lakers are going to stink at some point, right? Well, I mean, there's they the, did. The nothing. Lakers have legitimate questions. The Warriors have legitimate questions. But those aren't the two that they aren't two that I would pick ahead to of the, of to finish in the top four. I, you, you, I would pick
2: Oklahoma City, the Clippers. I just think Denver. I, think, I personally think. How about the Suns? We haven't mentioned the Suns. They're not going to be old next year. I mean, they're going to be old next year, but they're not going to be off a cliff next year. I mean, I mean, Durant's a part-time player. It's just loaded. That's that is the part of this that that uh, that worries me. Anyway, we'll talk about more about the trade deadline stuff with Chris Harrington uh, when uh, when at, at straight up at ten o'clock. We got a very busy day today. We got Jason Smith coming up next. Then we got Chris Harrington. Then we got my little brother on uh, Super Bowl advertising. A couple things I did want to touch on, though, that, uh, in in addition to all of that. Um, one is the... Uh, uh, that
3: There was the awards night last night. Uh, Jeff, it's the NFL Honors, please. The Daniel. The, the, the NFL The commission's worked very hard to brand that. The NFL Honors last night.
2: I, I guess I don't feel bad for Lamar winning the MVP, but my God, it feels empty, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I was actually thinking about that. It's like... Did, did, did Zach Eadie win Player of the year last year? I think that's correct. same kind of thing I think he did. It's just like, do you even go up and accept it? You know what I mean? Like you are such
3: a flop in the postseason and you could tell too, like he like he like briskly went to the stage and, and it, it is a regular season award. there's no question. Yeah. Shout out to
2: Patrick Willis, Hall of Famer. Uh what a tremendous player he was. Um um there was uh, Dwight Freeney made it, Andre Johnson made it, uh, Devin Hester made it, uh Julius Peppers made it, um, but Patrick Willis from Ole Miss, undersized linebacker, fast as hell. He retired at the age of twenty-nine. Yeah, I think it was nine I think he played nine seasons, which was it eight? Seven Pro Bowl seasons, seven Pro Bowl seasons. If the measure of whether you should get into the Hall of Fame is when you played, were you one of the best, at the your absolute best at your position? There is no question that Patrick Willis was uh, one of the absolute best at his position. So, uh, shout out to Patrick Willis for getting into the NFL Hall of Fame. All right, we got Jason Smith coming up next. Um, <laughs> I guess Ron Olson left me these Ron Olson left me these numbers. Um, let's see, Jeffrey. The uh, so the Super Bowl by the numbers, yeah. we have how much did he say is it gonna be legally bet well, legally wagered on oh, the Super billions. Bowl? Um, legally wagered on the Super Bowl. I can tell you that 1.45 billion chicken wings will be eaten on Super Bowl Sunday. Let me ask you this. Is that how, a fishman stat? More pounds. No, this is this is uh, this is Ron Olson. Which it, by weight by weight, potato chips, avocados, or ribs. Rank them in terms of by rib by weight, how many pounds will be
3: eaten um, of those things on Super Bowl Sunday? I'm gonna say ribs one just because of they weigh so much more. You go on ribs one and then I think I'm gonna do it just like in order of weight ribs, avocado, chips. No. Chips, chips win,
2: chips win because everyone's has chips. Like, what? How many parties have ribs?
3: One out of twenty? Yeah, it's probably not even. I mean, it's definitely going to be like a. Most, I mean, most parties don't have is, ribs. Kansas City is in the Super Bowl. Th- that's
2: true. Eleven point three million pounds of potato chips, ten million pounds of ribs. So it's close. Oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Avocados wins going away. Wow, two hundred fifty million pounds of avocados.
3: I don't know if I've ever been two
2: hundred fifty million look, guacamole, I, guacamole. I know, I know. But guacamole, like, I'm is to, to, at, and guacamole is now at every single Super Bowl party, at every party of every kind. Uh, guacamole. I think probably the other
3: issues I've been hosting for so long.
2: One point uh, three billion dollars will be wagered on the game, and most of it by people who do just fine with their wagering. They enjoy it; it's fun. Uh, but 1.3, is that what you said? 1.3 billion yeah. legally wagered. Um, the, uh, but for those who struggle and about 5% will struggle, there is the gambling clinic over at the university of Memphis. They have a, uh, office over there. Um, and they, uh, they've been helping people hundreds and hundreds of people since 1999. Well, before, honestly, gambling popped up on your phone. Um, and what they do is they, they're not anti-gambling. They're not going to scold people for gambling, but they acknowledge it's a problem. It's an addiction, um, a compulsion, whatever. It 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 can really destroy the lives of some people. And uh, if it if it's a problem in your life or in the life of someone you love, uh, it's the gambling clinic. They set up eh, half a uh, dozen or so uh, individual sessions, confidential sessions, uh, with an expert in gambling addiction um, to help you um, get a grip on this issue in your life. It is The Gambling Clinic, thegamblingclinic.com. Back in a moment with Jason Smith, Jeff Gawkins Show, 92.9 FM ESPN.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. FM ESPN and Robert Irwin Jewelers are spreading the Memphis love with a $5,000 gift card to R.I. Jewelers for Valentine's. 92.9 FM ESPN R.I. Jewelers Valentine's Love Notes. Want to get engaged? Time to put a ring on your personal cheerleader? Here's what to do. Submit your recorded love note to that special someone at 92.9ESPN.com and you could win the $5,000 Robert Irwin Jewelers gift card for Valentine's. My Valentine. Like the sparkle at Robert Irwin Jewelers.
1: Hey, this
3: is Mitch at Red River Ford right here in Wynn, Arkansas. And folks, you've not heard a Ford dealer talk about discounts in a long while. But we've got great discounts on all of our Ford vehicles in stock today. And we've got as low as 0.9% interest on Ford Edges. That's $446 a month on a brand new SUV. And we've got 1.9% interest for 72 months on F-150s. You've heard that right. We've not heard it in a long time. 1.9%. Check us out at redriverfordofwynn.com. Happy
2: Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Super Bowl, listen, it's now about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some bets. FanDuel has so many different ways to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. If you're a new customer, join FanDuel today and you get... $200 200 bucks in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's right, $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit Fanduel.com slash Calkins to sign up. That's C-A-L-K-I-N-S. Must be 21 or older in present Tennessee. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline. That's one 800
0: It's time to talk trash, Mid-South This is Rick West with Waste Connections and Team Waste Our Memphis and Collierville campuses are currently hiring CDL drivers Driver helpers, diesel mechanics, and PM techs We offer competitive pay, great benefits And at the end of each workday, you get to be home with your family Our culture is built on taking care of each other and the communities we serve Apply today at careers at wasteconnections.com And be a part of a great team Connect your future with Waste Connections and Team Waste. If you have
2: a commercial building with a flatter metal roof and you think it needs replacing... Don't do it. Roofs on commercial buildings cost a fortune and can cause downtime for your business. So what's the alternative? Call Joe Stallnaker or Danny Spence at 901 Roof Coatings and here's why. They can restore your roof with a quality roof coating system instead of replacing it, which will save you about 70%. The roof coating systems come with up to a 25-year leak-free warranty and it's energy efficient because this product reflects the sun. Instead of absorbing it, it could save you up to 30-40% to 40% in energy cost. That savings over time can actually pay for your new roof coating system. So why wait until there's a leak and damage is caused? Now is the time to make the call because it's the off season. That means even more savings to you. Book your job by March 1st and you'll receive a 25% discount on a complete roof coating system. Call Joe Stalnaker or Donnie Spence today, 901-287-1923. Once again, that's Joe Stalnaker or Donnie Spence today, 901-287-1923 or visit 901roofcoatings.com. Hey, it's Jeff Hawkins. You know when people ask if you have a good dentist to recommend? Well, I have a great dentist. It's a Medi Sadegi at the Smile Center. I've been going to the Smile Center for years now. My three boys all go there too. Medi is skilled, he's cheerful, and has always found time when emergencies arise. I honestly couldn't imagine a better dentistry practice than the Smile Center. It's where I send all my friends. So if you're looking for a great dentist, go where my family goes. The Smile Center is conveniently located in Germantown, or you can check them out online at smilecentermemphis.com.
1: Hey, Kathy, you know, I've been seeing those State Farm commercials. You guys have built quite a team. Holmes, Kelsey, Derrick Henry.
3: Mundo, my auto, and Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Steve, we're proud of that
0: team, and I'm proud of my team. Your team is awesome. I know firsthand. If there's a question or problem there on top of it. My name is on the sign outside, but it's my talented team inside that makes the difference. Hey, call Kathy Thurman Edwards, State Farm agent on Brookhaven Circle. 901-767-7744. That's ziprecruiter.com slash free. When my daughter gets a cold, <coughs> I have a secret weapon, Daquil Kids Berry from Vicks. DayQuil cool Kids is specially formulated to treat kids' most bothersome cold and cough symptoms quickly. And the best part is that DayQuil cool Kids Berry tastes really great. Aren't you supposed to be resting? Maybe. DayQuil cool Kids Berry. The kids' berry-licious daytime congestion, coughing, stuffy head, stuffy nose, just for kids. Medicine. Safe for kids six years plus. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone line. Make your Valentine feel special at Frame Corner with 60% off ready-made frames for Valentine's Day for all your sports memorabilia. Live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios now on 92.9 FM ESPN.
2: talking show joined now by jason smith jason john the minutes to the midday every single midday from 11 until 2 jason what am i to make of last night's memphis tigers performance
1: um, you know if you were hoping to watch something last night that was an indication of things are fixed right a completely smooth game as John put it, you know, on Twitter, a uh, smooth, flight takeoff, landings all smooth. You're up 23 in that game, and you don't have to hold on to win it. Yeah, love that. You didn't get, you, you didn't get that. You, did, you can't come in here today Damn. saying, "Well, well, it looked fixed," but you know, I, I would point to it. I know we've, we've spent a great deal of time on the rotation, and Penny Hardaway even said after the game, "I got to get it down to five to you seven said guys it Again, how can he As, say that when the, he plays the, the ten? Man, well, look. <laughs> Only, but only eight played eleven or more minutes. Like if if we start boiling it down, and you started to do this with Jeffrey, it is clear there's a five—the five that finished the Wichita State game, the five that started the game—and then you've got Malco. That's six, okay? Yeah. And so whether it's whether it's uh, uh, Pierre, Jonathan Pierre, whether it's you know Jaden. I would go with the guy Jeffrey said, if he had been, listen, if he had been available, you feel like Penny Hardaway would have played 11 in the first half that Jalen Young would have been out there too. I I think to me, he's a part of that. set. But you're, 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 you're right there. And last night you played, you played eight, 11 or more minutes. And so again, Penny's saying it, most of your top guys played the minutes you want to see. And so I'm just hopeful that, you know, you get closer to it, to, to, to sort of what he's saying he needs to do. And, and, If you look at the minutes, what it appears they're getting closer to. Again, is that going to change? Jeff, I don't think it's always going to be, you know, Jonathan Pierre. But yesterday he clearly gave you a lift. There's, you know, the Michigan game. I of that with Jeffrey and Giannato yesterday. You know, it was Ashton Hardaway. So, so there is an opportunity for there to be, you know, sort of that other guy, that eighth guy, I guess. But to me, it's a, it's a six if you include Malco. It's seven if you typically include Jalen Young. Because I'm like Jeffrey. I like what he does defensively. And then that eighth guy can be a combination of Jonathan Pierre, Jaden Hardaway ashton whichever guy it is but what you don't want to do is have the eight nine ten guy playing 10 11 12 more minutes that's where you get yourself in trouble so my point is while you can't come away saying oh it looks fixed great now this you know they can get on a run and go they'll go win 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 i do think we saw signs last night of a boiling down of things knowing that this team has got to do that right now so listen here's here's the best part i mean I, i maybe maybe something in terms of that we saw last night that was a good sign David Jones had six steals. You know, we had talked about the effort defensively. Uh, forget the he had, he had four to the assists side. too. He had, he had four assists. Four he assists. can go weeks he and weeks without four assists. You, know? you hit it before I could get to it. Like that's <laughs> we had said. The guys they have Quinterly has to be good for forty minutes basically because if he's not, you can lose. David Jones, we said we needed you needed better effort. Quinterly was with us too defensively last night. You're seeing him get six steals, including two at the end of the game that helped that really put yeah. it away for you you know and so so you're seeing a more locked in effort by the guys who are gonna have to do it those five six guys nicholas jordan i don't know if he's being back in temple his old stomping grounds or not but you saw him again doing the efficient things that he was doing during the 10 game winning streak and everything else so I, I, while you can't say it's fixed there were signs that okay this was familiar the guys that this has got to be on were showing more effort in departments where it had lightened up a little bit. Those were good things to see, and the most important thing, my gosh, is that they've, you know, they put together two in a row here. You yeah. know, do you feel like you're you ready to go to Tulane and say, yeah, this is a definite win? Well, you know, bring Tulane in here and say that. now. No, not yet, but um, it is. Too hopefully, bad. those positive signs are are are, are if, good indications for the future or whatever this looks like over the next few weeks.
2: If they had just held on to it. A- Twenty point lead against South Florida. We wouldn't even and and, and not lost to Rice and like not you know and just not lose to Rice and hold on to a twenty point lead against South Florida. They'd be on the right side. They'd be in the tournament, and we'd be. It just is amazing. You look back at these things. Um, So Jarvis texted me during the during the show, and he pointed Mm -hmm. out. Missing fifteen free throws was obviously
1: huge. It's a big it, part of allowing them to come back.
2: Yeah. Hit ten more, and it's a seventeen point win. That's focus, and getting rebounded by out rebounded by nine is effort. I, I can. So if it's focus, I guess I. It w- if that's what it is, it would like in that period when when they made their run, you just do wonder what 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 does it take for this team to give you. 40 minutes of focus and effort, you know, like, it, I I don't know. Is it focus and effort or is it just a bad uh, shooting night, a bad free throw I,
1: shooting night? I would say it's a bad free throw shooting night. Now the boards thing has been all year long. Somebody's got to help right. David Jones. I mean, but so the guy pulled down 10 rebounds. Yeah. You know, yeah for Tomlin to just have five, I mean, for Jordan is as good as I said, he was offensively, you know, he pulled down three, uh, Malcolm Dandridge, who's typically been good for you in that department. You know, only got three last night. Those forwards have got to take it upon themselves. We can't let David Jones do all of this. That's been all season long. And that I'm with Jarvis that that is totally bad effort for the most part. Let's be real. This has been a solid free throw shooting team. And yes, last night, missing all those help. It allowed, uh, uh, allowed for that comeback. But you know, that, that, what I am concerned about is, again, that you had the Temple coach pointing to the South Florida game. Like, this has become sort of what, you, what you've become right now, is that teams feel like they can come back. And so the, we, we saw the, you know, the story, the anecdote of the coach there at halftime saying, look, they were South Florida, they were up 20 on South Florida, came back on them. And sort of that belief that you can do that to Memphis, right, you're fighting that right now in the AAC because of that, winning, because of that losing streak, because of the way you lost those games. And so what Memphis has got a real, you know, this getting punched in the mouth. This team saying, you know what, they're 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 not as good as they're cracked up to be. And frankly, if you hit them, they're front runners, and they'll you know they'll sort of fold up. We saw some of that last night. So that goes back to again, it's it's sort of man, why can't you get the consistent effort? Why when you you know a team goes on a little four zero run, six zero run, why does it become more instead of you stomping it out? You know that that is an issue. But I, I tell you, Jeff, if you just keep again rolling, you know, with those six, seven, eight guys. Uh, again, maybe you breed, a, a familiarity, a continuity that sort of you know, starts to build, galvanize, and that snowball gets bigger as it's rolling down the hill. I mean, that, that's what you hope. Uh, but so again, if, I think you've you got to take these things game to game with where if, Memphis is right now in this conference.
2: If one was a disaster and ten was you got everything out of that win you and everything out of that game you wanted, where were you on last night's game?
1: No, I mean, I don't know a five. I mean, again, I, I can't sit up here and tell you that was some great performance, but you do go out and on the road and get the win. No, I mean, if you, you said it's, you know, one's everything I want, and the other one's a disaster. A ten, yeah, a,
2: one is one is a disaster. Ten is everything you, either, everything you want. Way, it, it, way, it wasn't, it wasn't
1: fucking, either way. It's right. I'm dead uh, set in the did. middle. Either way you phrase that, yeah. Jeffrey yeah, had an interesting stat.
2: Jeffrey had an interesting stat. Jeffrey, what was your? Uh, what was your? St- how is this team doing as a uh, as a as a betting uh,
3: in the betting front? In conference play, they are one and nine against the spread, and on the season overall, they're just seven and sixteen.
1: So what's so crazy is how right Jeffrey? How much that line moved yesterday? So John caught it early when it we was caught, like and he six caught and them, a half he to caught ten it at and a half and a half. Yeah, when we talked about it on our show, it was six and a half, but the thing had gone up to ten and a half, and so a lot of people, you know, hearing how confident John was, and I suppose right up till game time had, had waited and that line had moved so much. No, the Tigers didn't cover the 10 and a half or whatever it ended up being at tip time. But if you had bet it early when John said it at six and a half, oh, just barely it came in. But what was crazy yesterday was how much that line moved, uh, to, towards, you know, Memphis and Memphis's favor because you don't typically see that. You know, in in that few hours, I just you know maybe a a point two point swing we've seen from this Memphis team. You know, in those hours before the game, but this felt like a huge swing. John can tell you more about that, but yeah, he got it. Tigers covered for him at six and a half, but for most in the tip time they did.
2: And the reason though that uh, is
1: that it's this, some money coming in, right? Yeah, but for the
2: the people who bet, obviously the the this matters. But Jeffrey, your your point too is is that this this this, this, matters this reflects why they met correct.
3: That, Explain. Because in the end, a point spread is very similar to what the expectations of a game score are and most metrics that they like use. Like the net. The net, pin the the net, net, Palm, everything. All the rankings how it will you in perform, fact be used. Yeah. How you perform against expectation is part of it. And when you are not covering, you are below expectations. So, there you go. All right. Uh, moving
2: on, Jason. Um, how you feeling about everything the Grizzlies did, including uh, the news that broke late last night that they have signed Gigi Jackson to a four-year deal?
1: I mean, it was just the the Gigi Jackson stuff. It's fantastic. And then it fo- Coming off the performance. Yeah, like was great. He, he was unbelievable he last was night. He was really and, good. And, frankly, you take it back to the fourth quarter, you know, in the loss to the Knicks where he led that charge back. They cut that game to four. Like, he has been... Fantastic, but and, and so for him to get the contract afterwards, after you know what was a solid day for them, Jeff. We talked about it with you, talked about it with Jeffrey and I. They asked me what you know solid in terms of you you freed up some flex, you know, you, 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 some flexibility. Uh, you lowered uh, in terms of where you were in terms of the tax threshold. You lowered that with the Stephen Adams move. You know, you get a pick swap to go with the five second rounder, so you have built up the the chest of assets a little bit. We knew you're not getting the center at this point, so. Uh, for all of it to happen, you clear the space uh, and get Gigi on the standard contract we all said he'd earned. was a pretty good day, uh, felt like, for the Grizzlies. And especially, again, when you get a performance from like that from Gigi, you know, we, we, we have spent so much time on the misses and the wings that aren't doing anything. Vince Williams Jr. and Gigi Jackson are major hits, it appears. And so, I mean, that has become the story, quite frankly. Those guys are solidly in a 10 you know, maybe if you want to put GG 11, whatever, but a 10-man rotation next year, we're including Kennard and we're including Santi, a 10-man lineup, forget 11 through 15. My, I mean, and Jeff, I almost feel like I got to apologize to you because me, I mean, me and John, we're going crazy on you, especially John, about yuta or Roddy yesterday. And frankly, that's 11 through 15. And 11 through 15 don't matter right on a contending team what matters frankly is 1 through 10 and and really 1 through 8 the the beauty of it is even if it's GGs, is is like your 10th guy next year um, you know, there, there's no dependence on him and things like that. So I would just say that the story has shifted to not so much about the wings you couldn't get out of here. You feel that's going to take care of itself. But I think now that the hits you've gotten, how good you feel about those guys, those two hits as part of a 10-man rotation, that's going to include uh, hopefully with, with health and everything else, you know, all your big guns. So uh, I thought just a, a cherry on top, Gigi's performance, and then getting the contract last night. I
2: think the uh, – the NBA draft. I don't. I don't mean, I don't think this is true of all drafts. Not not true of the NFL draft, but in the NBA draft, your hits are all. It's it's like play, it's like playing the lottery. Your hits are more important than your misses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, like, 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 you just gotta you just gotta get some hits, and it does appear that they got some hits. All right. How will you consume the Super Bowl, uh, Jason? What's your what's your approach to consuming the Super Bowl?
1: Oh, I've been invited. Uh... A Super Bowl party with Billy Richmond that I figure oh. I'm, I'm probably going to make an appearance at, and um, and then I'll come back home and consume it with my son as he gets older now. And this, uh, you know, his attention now is sort of, you know, everybody's talking about it, so yeah. he's locked in on it. Last year he picked the winner, I picked the loser, and so this year he's uh, very interested in seeing on if old dad's going to be wrong again. Dad's and who's got he picked? Who's picked? He's who's- on the, He's on the Niners. He's on the uh, 49ers, and his dad dad's on the Chiefs, and so he's uh, he's with the betting favorite. So we're, it it is fun, kind of going, you know, kind of going back, old dad and son back. Wonder how many different of
2: flavor of wings if you go to a Billy Richmond Super Bowl party. I think it's, all twenty
1: two might be there. Yeah, all, all twenty two so. flavors. I, I haven't had, I haven't had, but can't catch cow. Uh, for the great cow in Austin, inspired by him, and so I'm hoping uh, I can catch a little can't catch cow over there. Right. Uh, Billy's party. Well, good uh, Jason, have good to a good talk
2: weekend. To you. Thanks very much. You too. Yes, sir. Jason Smith. <laughs> Eleven till two every
3: single day. Will you have wings, Jeffrey? You host uh, almost assuredly. You host? Well, we usually host, but I didn't really because Josephine's bedtime. We do like bath and bed six forty five, basically uh-huh. to like seven, and that's going to be kind of like. Right in the Prime middle of the game, Super so we didn't Bowl. really want to invite people over and be like, "Hey, watch us put our kid down." So you're just you're gonna watch on your own. Yeah, I usually do host, but like it's never it's never been. But you will acquire wings. Yes, to most that's isn't it? I, like
2: I'm almost to the point that it's probably hard to get wings on the Super Bowl, isn't it? Like, don't you have to place your order yesterday?
3: Uh, I've never had problems doing. Like no? I usually call around lunch on Sunday, and I've never had a problem. And you're fine. Yeah, interesting. Um... All right, we got a big
2: second hour. Chris Herndon coming up next. Uh, then my little brother Tim Hawkins is going to join us. Uh, the The world's expert on Super Bowl advertising. We'll talk to him about that in the second hour. Before then, uh, let me remind you that this uh, Robert Irwin Jewelers thing is just the best. They're giving away a five thousand dollar gift gift certificate, and this is like some some contest that you enter. The whole country is entering them. Right, This is a a Memphis contest, and someone is going to win a $5,000 gift certificate to use at Robert Irwin Jewelers. And all you have to do is something that you'll get credit for anyway, like you should do anyway, is just say why and how much you love someone.